Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us in the Quran, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, taqullaha haqqa tuqatih, wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun. All you who believe, addressing me and you, he asks us to fear him subhanahu wa ta'ala, and to live and die except as Muslims. We thank Allah for bringing us together again today. And one of the many lessons that came from the lips of our beloved Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There are too many to count. Some of his sayings Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said to us that he was blessed with Jawami Al-Kalim. He was blessed Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with concise and comprehensive speech. The ability to say a few words that carries a lot of meaning, a few words that has a lot of guidance, a few words that has a lot of benefit. This is something quite difficult and very few were blessed with. One of those ahadith of the Prophet which is regarded as being very short but very comprehensive is the one that we want to talk about today inshallah. It is something which is well known to you and I. Where Ibn Abbas radiallahu related, this is related in the, the Mustadrak of Al-Hakim and in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad. That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam advised a man and he started by saying to him, Ikhtanim khamsan qabla khamsin. Ikhtanim khamsan qabla khamsin. Khamsan qabla khamsin. Take advantage of five before five. Take advantage of five before five. And the hadith explains. Take advantage of your youth before you become old. Your health before you fall sick. Your richness before we become poor. Our free time before we become busy. And life before death. The Prophet ﷺ was pointing out two obvious issues. One that there are some treasures, some things which Allah has blessed every human being with. All of us are blessed with some things. Whoever you are, on the face of this earth, there are some blessings from Allah which we all enjoy. But secondly, telling us that those blessings will not last forever. They will be here for a while. We will enjoy them for a while, for a time. How long? I don't know. You don't know. Only Allah knows. And so this hadith is telling us to have foresight, to think ahead, to plan, to do something now so that tomorrow we don't become the people who say, I wish I did this. I wish I did that. The people of regrets. The hadith summarizes the phases that we go through in life, which are what? One day we're all young, and then one day we get married, parenthood. And then one day, we become middle-aged people, maybe with a middle-aged spread, because we're living a good life is good. And one day we become old, and after that, if we live that long, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes us. 
So this hadith is advising us to take advantage of what is at its peak, at its highest, at its most beneficial at a particular time. In order to what? What is the purpose of taking advantage? In order to be the best believers and best worshippers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us to worship Him. This worship is living, buying, selling, trading, praying, fasting, looking after our families. It has to be done in a way that is in accordance with the Sharia and seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we do anything, having fun, working, praying, anything directed to Allah, seeking the pleasure of Allah according to the Sharia of Allah, this is worship in its wider sense as for us as Muslims. And for us to go through a life of worship, there are some things that we need which are what? Which are these blessings, these five blessings that we have been blessed with. The first one, the hadith says we should take advantage of our youth before our old age. The hadith starts with the shabab, with the youth. And if you think about it, the young people have what? The young person has energy. He can walk, he can talk, he can move. The old person doesn't have that energy. Maybe they are feeble. The muscles are wasting cannot run. I'm sure you've seen sometimes an old person crossing the road and the mind may be saying I have to run before the car comes but the body says uh-uh, can't run. Yeah, you want to run? Okay. The body is no longer willing because that's life. So this hadith is saying we should take advantage of our youth. This time when we have this energy. This time when our mental faculties are fine. Because sometimes when we get old we become senile. It happens. We become senile, we don't remember what happened yesterday, where we are today, where are our keys, etc. The young person, the mind is sharp. The young person, he has energy. So all these blessings that the young person has, how does he or she use them? That the Muslim should use them in worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Should take this time to invest, to invest, to invest, to learn the deen. To learn the deen, the adhkar, the dua the Arabic language, the Qur'an, the acts of ibadah, to use the energy to get involved in da'wah, get involved in the community activities, get involved in inviting to Islam, get involved in protecting Islam in our communities, get involved in serving their ummah in Syria, in Somalia, wherever it is, get involved in serving their families and being productive members of a family. The young people have all of this. And... You know, when we say young people here, the Western concept sometimes is that the young person is 18, 19. This is youth. Many of the scholars discuss and say that really Islamically we have many stages, but uh, the shabab is up to when you're 40. So in your 20s and 30s, you're still young. You're still, you know, growing, developing, and we need to use this time. But it's not so straightforward with our youth living in the West. Because they are being pulled here and there. What is the message that the youth are told about life? You are young, be free, enjoy yourself. You are young, be free, enjoy yourself. This is the message the youth get. They are talking about Islam, Sharia, following Islam. You are young. You are going to have time. The message passed to them is that time should be wasted. Is that life is about playing. Life is only about having fun. 
So you'll find in the youth, you'll find sometimes somebody in the West who's 30 years old. You can't compare him to a small boy in Somalia or a small boy in Afghanistan or a small boy in Iraq who has lived life. A young boy in those countries, a young girl in those countries has to queue up in a refugee camp to get food for the family. Has to clean the house, has to get there on time. Because if you don't get there on time, there's no food, maybe for two weeks. So people grow up, people take life seriously. They are mature, the way they think, the way they act. And some of us here, because we don't face these struggles, you find young people, you find somebody who is a man, 20 something. Mother washes everything. Father cleans everything, brothers and sisters, and it just toddles through life. And this is something we have to be wary of. It doesn't mean we don't let our children grow up and enjoy. But it means we have to be careful that this time, which will never, ever, ever return, is not wasted. This is what we have to be careful about. We have to be careful that we nurture them. We make sure they're in good company. They're mixing with good company. People who are also into the dean of their age. So they feed and learn of each other. We make sure that they invest that time in learning the deen, in having good marriages, inshallah. We make sure that they start to work for the akhirah, even though they're young. Start to do the good deeds, to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Today their fard, their salah, the hajj even when they're young. All of these things, so that practicing Islam becomes normal. And we should not underestimate the youth. As one of my friends, his young son really impresses me. When we have an Islamic event or a talk or conference, he's there. And he comes up to me, he's very confident. Salaamu alaikum, brother Taji. Alaikum salam. And when I speak to his father, his father said to me that he speaks to the son like a man. He doesn't speak to him like a small boy just playing. And I see how this affects the son. He thinks, he plays. But he thinks in a grown-up way. And this I find very impressive, very difficult to do. And the biggest reward, the biggest reward of nurturing the youth and a youth becoming used to working and practicing the deen is what the Prophet wasallam said, that on the day of judgment, people will be in need of shade. And there will be people sweating to hear, to hear, to hear, drowning in our sweat. And there'll be no shade except the shade of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And seven will be under that shade. And one of them is who? The youth who is brought up in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us to build youth and for our youth in their 20s, in their teens, in their 30s to grab this youth this time, use their energies for serving Islam, serving Allah and seeking the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second thing the hadith mentioned is that we should take advantage of our health before we fall sick. Everybody enjoys the blessing of health. The fact that many of us are here today is a blessing of health. The fact that I can talk and my mouth is working is a blessing of health. The fact that you have ears to listen to me is a blessing of health. The fact that we have eyes to see one another is a blessing of health. How many times do I remember? How many times do you remember? How many times do we remember to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this? How many times? It's a question for me. We end up taking it for granted. And when it hits you, is when you fall ill. When you fall ill, you're in a bed, you can't move, you can't feed yourself, you can't talk, you have a headache. And then you realize there's this blessing, this big, 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 big blessing of health. Big blessing. And this blessing, like all the blessings, should be used for the good. 
for the khair, not for the shah. Should be used to obey Allah, not to disobey him. Somebody can use their feet with which to walk, to walk to a nightclub. They're using a blessing to go towards haram. Somebody can use it to go to serve their family, their wives, their mother, their ummah, whatever. So the blessings are there to be used either way. And this blessing of health is something which when people fall ill, they will give anything to get it back. Shows you how precious it is. There is one other thing to mention about this blessing of health, is that it is something we have to take care of. And living in the West and living in the world today, dominated by this Western capitalist ideology that says to people, life is just about enjoying yourself. Health has become an issue. Health has become an issue. We have great health service in the West. But also, we have rising and rising health problems. They now talk about the diseases of affluence. You've heard this. That people, somebody in Somalia, who is malnourished, is because they don't have enough food to eat. But we in the West have another problem because we have too much food to eat. So people in our communities, the rates of diabetes, the rates of heart disease. Speak to the brothers and sisters amongst us who are doctors. They'll tell you the figures. They'll tell you the figures. They keep rising. Because now we have too much. And sometimes we don't control ourselves. And when you get ill because of this, what are we going to say? Somebody is so ill because they neglected their health, they cannot go to Hajj. Who are they going to blame? Allah gave you the health. He gave me the health. Look after it. We need to watch what we eat. We need to move. We live a very sedentary life. From the car to the bus, the bus to the home, the home to the bus, the bus to the office. We don't do a lot of walking like people in our countries do. This has created new health problems. Some of our sisters don't do a lot of walking. Yeah? I know the gyms are not women friendly and stuff, but we have to do something. Because this ni'mah, this blessing, is one that we need to look after. We need to watch our diet. We need to exercise. Don't get me wrong. I like the um, samosa from Ambala. I love it. Sometimes after Jumu'ah, when I'm uh, heading uh, down that road there, I, I take a detour sometimes into the shop, and uh, I'm a bit partial to it. So I'm not saying, I don't want people to get a message from here, this means don't enjoy food. Uh, that's not what we're saying. But that we are responsible. With good health, you can fill up, inshallah, good deeds, sending ahead to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before our time comes. How can you do da'wah if you don't have good health? How can you help the mosque and clean it and serve if you don't have good health? How can you serve your parents if you don't have good health? Maybe they have to look after you. So this health is so precious. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said in a hadith narrated by Ibn Abbas, there are two blessings which many people lose. Health and free time for doing good deeds. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we be those people who look after our health and in turn use that health to worship Allah and serve Him and seek the reward, inshallah ta'ala. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu taqullaha haqqa tuqati wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun. Or you who believe, we should ask Allah for forgiveness and we should pray that we die only as Muslims. Akuli kuli hadha wa astaghfirullah.
Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Ve salatu ve selamu ala Resulillah ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecma'in. We're talking about the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he gave us advice. Advice about life, about, about taking care of three things before three other things overtake us. Number three, that we should take advantage of our richness before our poverty. Sometimes we have a lot. You have a good job one day, alhamdulillah. The family situation is okay, you can pay the rent. Sometimes the company collapses. Redundancies. Nowadays, brothers, sisters lose jobs. Natural disaster happens. There's a flood. The business that you built up, 10 years, there's a massive flood. It's, it, it's the, everything is rotten. You can't salvage it. You're going to need thousands and thousands of pounds, which you don't have. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us and he takes. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying that we should take this wealth and invest it. The wealth, there are two issues. The first issue with the wealth is the wealth as a diversion. The wealth can be a diversion. The Prophet in a hadith by Imam Tirmidhi said, Verily for every nation there is a fitna, a trial, a temptation, and the fitna for my ummah is wealth. Wealth can be the thing which takes people away from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's making money, the job is good, he has to travel, he has to get up early, he comes back late, and he says to himself, I'm earning for my family. But do you need to work so hard? Maybe you don't need to work so hard. Do you get to see your children? No, you don't get to see your children. Because when you leave and by the time you come back, they're asleep already. Do you able to spend enough time with the wife? No, you can't. So sometimes, this wealth, and the hadith says that when the son of Adam, you know, he has a valley he wants, he wants another valley. So it's natural. So this is the first danger with wealth. But the hadith is saying that we should invest this wealth. That this wealth that we're blessed with should be invested. Investment for the dunya. You have today, we can put some aside for tomorrow. You have today, spend on those who are around you. Don't be stingy, don't be miserly. He has, but his family doesn't have. His brothers and sisters don't have, and he doesn't even take some to help them. The Muslim can do this, and the Kafir can do this. Both can invest in the dunya. But only the Muslim can invest for the akhirah. Only the Muslim. Because he believes in the akhirah. And he believes that what he spends in the way of Allah Ta'ala today will come back multiplied and multiplied and multiplied too many times. Don't we want return in the Akhirah? You want, I want. The Prophet said, Verily the money that you spend in charity is your money. And the money that you leave behind is the money of your inheritors. This hadith, when I, when I came across this hadith, made me think. The money that you spend in charity is your money. The money you leave behind is the money of your inheritance. And the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ has a dialogue with the Sahaba. And he questions the Sahaba. And he explains to them, when we die and we come back from the graveyard, the money that we left behind, who is going to get it? The people who inherit it. It's not your money, it's not my money. But when we were alive, the sadaqah that we gave, the money we gave to the masjid, that brother, that cousin who was poor, the money we used to help him, that orphanage that we built in Pakistan, in Bangladesh, in Somalia, that madrasa where children are going to learn the deen, 
where people are getting food because you gave something here from the UK and somebody's benefiting in Syria. All of this money, this is your money, which will come back to you in the next life. The money we left behind for our brothers and sisters and family after we die is not yours. That's theirs. They will now spend it. So there's encouragement to spend. To spend on the good deeds now. And I know that when the masjid asks us again and again and again, brothers, the masjid has a loan. We need to pay this back. Sometimes we get fed up. That brother is on the, he's on the microphone again. Oh, man. Let's pray. Let's pray. Salah. I want to go. Okay. Okay, okay, you don't want to be asked every day. But let us see people asking us to give for Syria, for our masjid. See it as an investment. They are inviting you and me to the khair, to the worship of Allah, to the jannah. This spending could be the thing which gets us the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we start to look at it like that, you don't feel that you're losing something. You feel, yeah, what have I got today? Let me give it. And as you give, you know Allah will replace and give barakah in it. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we spend. We spend here on our families, we spend on our ummah, we spend wherever the spending needs to be. Point number four, the Prophet wasallam said we should take advantage of the time when we're free before we become busy. Time when we're free, when we're young, when we're in between jobs, when life is not so hectic, when we're newly married. We have a lot of free time. And later on, you have two children, three children, four children. You have a job, you have a wife, you have older parents who are sick, you have to take to the hospital. There's a lot to juggle. So when we're free, use it. Use it, use it well. We should use it well. And we shouldn't buy into this crazy idea from the West. What is the idea? What's the message we get living in the West today? You have to kill time. You have to... Kill time. So you got so much time, you gotta watch something on YouTube. You gotta get on Twitter. You gotta get on Facebook. You gotta watch another movie. Because there's too much time. This is not the attitude from our deen. Every second is a second from our life, from my life, from your life. It will never, ever, ever come back again. What are we using it for? Use it to learn. Use it to worship in ibadah. Use it to serve your ummah. To join the struggle for the return of Islam in the Muslim world. Use it in your communities to serve, to build up the hasanat. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we be those people who do not waste time, but use time. The final one, the Prophet sallallahu finishes by saying that we should take advantage of our life before our death. And this sums up the philosophy of Islam. We have one life. One life. I have been given another paper to make another announcement of another person who passed away. The caterer for the masjid, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept him. A few days ago, Ustad Usman, the father of my friend, he passed away, we buried him. And you have been to Janazah, you know people who have died. Their book has been closed. Their affair has been finished. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make the grave a wide expanse, filled with nur for them. We have today, we have today, we have today, we have time, we have energy, we have our faculties to do good, to serve Allah, to enjoy, to live a life that is in the service of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we do all our actions seeking the pleasure of Allah and according to, the, to his sharia, then we are worshipping Allah. 
We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we be those people who take advantage of these five things, who go home and look at our lives and how we are working, how we're living, how we're spending our time, our youth, our energies, and make adjustments and to come back to live in it in the way that will please Allah, storing up the good deeds for the next life and seeking the pleasure of Allah, following the will of His Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and seerah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.